Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this, too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Man, welcome in everyone to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Great to be back here the second week of December. Big topic of discussion today, J. Doc. For our listening audience, this is a topic that is now front page news. No question about it, Joe. I mean, you and I have been talking about electric vehicle mandates for months and months. Um, Lots going on there. Obviously, those are statewide mandates taken from the California rule. A lot of things, you know, we're on the East Coast. Of course, this is going across the, uh, the country, but I believe there's 17 states uh, that opt in automatically to the California uh, environmental rule. And so having said that, uh, New Jersey, okay, and Delaware uh, here on the East Coast. But that's not exactly what we're talking about today, okay? We're talking about the CARS Act, okay? The EPA has a new standard they're putting in place, okay? It's separate from the EV mandates, okay? This is our our governmental agency changing the standards 
um, you know, for our, our gas-fueled cars and emissions that come from our tailpipes and all those things. But they're going to make it almost impossible. Uh, they're going to almost completely eliminate, uh, you know, gas-fueled cars. And, you know, we're going to be talking on the program, of, of course, with uh, Brendan Williams, who's the head of government relations, PBF Energy, okay, and Aaron Ringel, uh, who is the vice president of government relations for the AFPM, the American Fuel Petrochemical Manufacturers. And we're going to go through the, you know, the, the CARS Act, which, by the way, um, you know, we support, okay, because what it does is it, it stops, uh, you know, some really unreasonable parts of uh, the new standard, the new EPA standard, okay? And it also, you know, so that- but J-Doc, the reality of it, the reality of it is, and you guys will get into it uh, on the other side of the break. But the other reality is, as I sit and listen to that, like I always do as a listener, uh, the reality of it is it's a different name, but it's the same outcome. Well, you know, you eliminate you eliminate that. And all of our refineries now are all of a sudden on potential chopping blocks. Once the refineries end up on the chopping block. Uh, the revenue goes away, the jobs go away, and everything else that builds the communities that are supported by the ref- by those that work at the refineries. And it's a different reaction. It's a negative reaction. At least that's how I see it uh, on the surface. A couple of seconds left before we get to the break, yeah, and I know you're going to jump right into it. And so with, with the new EPA standard, it's got to be in full effect by 2032. The, the mandates are 2035. The mandates are in 17 states. The EPA standard is national. So the impact is, uh, you know, unprecedented. By the way, uh, Congress is voting on it today. And so obviously, you know, we, we have a lot to talk about with our guests. Good stuff today here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause. We'll get to a break. Jadok will pick it up on the other side back in a moment. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable renewable fuel standard today. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause uh, on the Jacob Media Network. Uh, like I said in the opening, uh, we've been talking about uh, EV mandates, gas car bans uh, for a while now, and there's some really good reasons for that, uh, and, and we're going to discuss them. One of the things that, that I like to do, is, and it's incredibly important, like we said in the first segment, uh, is educate uh, people why electric vehicle mandates are such a bad thing uh, in, in, in regards to taking choice away from our consumers. Okay, we don't have the, like I said, we don't have the projected infrastructure to support the mandates. Okay, we're for electric vehicles. Okay, there's some issues that we can take, you know, that, that certainly, um, you know, we can uh, deal with. But when you talk about a mandate, okay, uh, you're now opening up a whole can uh, of worms. One of the issues is people don't understand what they are. Okay, today's broadcast is not exactly about the mandates. Okay, it's about a uh, a situation. Okay, where uh, our EPA is creating uh, a, a a a standard, a federal EPA. Uh, greenhouse gas standard, okay, that is in effect a de facto uh, mandate. And so I'm, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program uh, Brendan Williams, who's the head of government relations at PBF Energy. How are you, Brendan? Great. Good to be here. Great to have you. And Aaron Ringel, who's the vice president of Gover- government relations for the AFPM. Uh, Aaron, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me uh, today and talk about these critical uh, issues for your listeners. Absolutely. And, and we talk uh, people are going to hear a lot about what's called the CARS Act. OK. And uh, a conversation uh, that, you know, I'm sure it, H.R. 4468, which actually gets uh, voted on today in Congress. OK. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's going to impact jobs. It's going to impact so many different areas, and I would bet up everything I own that the people uh, in, 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 our, in our, our general public never heard of it, has no idea the impact it's going to have on it. So I'm going to, Brendan, you and I, you know, and I, you know, we've been talking about this a long time. Aaron, if you would, okay, a little bit about your, your, yourself and a little bit about the AFPM, if you would, for our listeners. No, absolutely. And again, thanks for having us to talk on on the show today about these critical issues. I mean, labor leaders out in force contacting their members of Congress, let them know about how these policies hurt their members and put their family wage and wage jobs at risk. And that's super important. But, uh, you know, Aaron Ringel, head of government relations here at uh, AFPM, the American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers. Uh, We make the products that make America move. We make, you know, our members make fuel. They make uh, petrochemical products. They make the plastics. They make everything that goes into uh, modern society. You can't have a modern economy, modern society without our members and the products that they put forward and the employees that are out there every day making sure that Americans can get to work. Uh, This issue is hugely important. Uh, This goes beyond anything uh, previous administrations have ever done. Uh, This tailpipe rule is a de facto EV mandate, an internal combustion engine ban. Uh, it apl- applies to all cars and light duty trucks, which are the backbone of the American workforce. It's how we get to work. It's how we get home. It's how we do work. Uh, the administration, the Biden administration is requiring 
through these emission standards, that almost 70% of new vehicles be battery electric. So the electric cars, electric trucks by 2032. This is 10 times the current EV sales rate. That's a tenfold increase, which is roughly 7% right now. That's crazy in, in, in less than 10 years. Uh, now, this isn't a suggestion or a guideline. However, they want to you know, wordsmith that this is a mandate. And no other technology is considered here to meet that standard. Just EVs. You can't have a plug-in hybrid. You can't have a flex fuel vehicle. Nothing else. Only EVs. And American consumers, as, as we can clearly see, don't want to be told what to drive and what works for their families. Well, it's interesting because... One of the things that I, you know, we, we, we've been talking about this and Brendan, you and I have really talked to her blue in the face people. And I want to and I again, and why labor. So, uh, uh, you know, incensed about you know, the situation is in in layman's terms. OK. I, you wonder if I, I there, you know, there's obviously supposed to be some smart people at the EPA. OK. And of course. Uh, in, in government, but you'd wonder why. And I like to connect the dots. So let's let's take a look at this. And uh, so you you ban gas fueled, uh, at, you know, cars. Okay, and they're doing it in a lot of states. And Brendan, you and I are going to talk about that. But let's think about it for a second. This legislation that's supposed to take be you know be a hundred percent by twenty thirty five. Okay, and now you got the EPA standard, which will hit. We, you know, I mean, start the process on steroids. Okay, you shut the you shut the sales down of, of gas fueled uh, automobiles. Okay, you're now shutting down the refineries and all the jobs that go with it because we don't need the refineries if we don't need the fuel. The majority of the refineries. There's okay, automobile. Um, you know, and anybody who's doing sales in automobiles that's shut down. And the gas stations, we don't need them, okay? And we don't have the infrastructure for what this is going to set up. We, you know, we we see the two or three, uh, you know, where you know where you, know, where you get the uh, reports for the electric cars. We see them on occasion. We're in a sense shutting ourselves down, and now we got our own uh, government agency, you know, lighting this thing up on steroids. Brendan, I mean, jump on there, would you? Yeah, no, it's true. Look, I think you know, certainly there's a demand for electric vehicles, but they're still essentially luxury cars. Um, even though you've seen some folks engage in price cutting, mostly to protect market share, right? Tesla try to bring their prices down, um, but you see some of the numbers and they're staggering. You know, Ford saying they're losing seventy thousand a vehicle on electric cars. Uh, so this has ramifications. I mean, it's not sustainable for the auto industry. I we I would argue. Um, but as you touched on, look at the signal you're sending to all the other industries in America that to date have been the lifeblood, essentially, of this country. You know, refineries don't just make gasoline and diesel. Uh, we make the petrochemicals. Actually, half of an electric car uh, is petrochemicals, right? Um, asphalt. So our Paulsboro, New Jersey refinery is actually, I think, the last remaining asphalt producer uh, on the East Coast, uh, certainly the largest one. Uh, we just, you know, we passed a bipartisan infrastructure law. You know, that's going to help create a lot of jobs. But, you know, you want to you want roads, you're going to need asphalt. And so, you know, you're shutting and, you know, these big machines, these big chemistry sets, you know, they every 
handful of years, we have to do what's called a turnaround. So it's basically a major revamp of the refinery. You revamp all the equipment, make sure it's all operating well, clean everything out. And we'll bring another one to 2,000 building trades workers in every time we do a turnaround. But those things have to be planned five to 10 years in advance. Uh, and as you're going through these cycles, you know, if the federal government on top of these states start instituting these mandates, it's only a matter of time before investors are like, all right, you know, if they don't want you, yeah, maybe this experiment doesn't work, but why should we even wait around, right? Should we employ our capital elsewhere? Uh, and, uh, and you know, the, you know when, when all is said and done, by the time people wake up, if these policies move forward, by the time future Congresses, future administrations wake up and realize they're not possible, the damage could already be done. And that's a situation we need to avoid. And so let me, let me ask Aaron to clarify what the difference is, okay, <laughs> um, between a federal law that gives California the power to set auto standards and then uh, let other sta states opt in and the federal EPA uh, GHD standards. Well, I think that the, the first off, the California waiver, I think that when the Clean Air Act was instituted, I don't think Reagan had any any inkling that this is what would happen, that states would take this waiver that was granted to California to allow them to address some of their transportation issues in the high density areas and turn it into a de facto nationwide EV mandate from California. Right. Uh, separate, separate issue, obviously, this is the California waiver, applies to 17 states that have elected to opt into California's uh, uh, a plan here. EPA's proposal on tailpipe is nationwide. California allows for battery electric vehicles, fuel cell, and no more than 20% roughly plug-in hybrid, while the EP tailpipe is essentially 100% EV. California's target, 35% by 2025, 100% 20 by 2035. EPA is roughly 70 by 2032, and that is all EV. Uh, that's going to drive an insane amount of consumers out of the market, millions of jobs in the uh, refining, petrochemical, extractive industries gone. And as Brendan aptly noted, when you're looking at long-term investments and you see this on the horizon as a potential uh, stick coming at you, are you going to invest in you know a turnaround? Are you going to invest in new upgrades? Or are you just going to say, we're just not going to produce if you're not going to be there for us, if we're not going to have the markets, uh, even though we know that this is going to fail. And guess what? When you shut a refinery down, it doesn't come back. And I remember administration starts facing higher gas prices. They call in our members, say, what can you guys do to lower gas prices in the next two months and then stop? And it was like, sorry, we can't turn any of these refineries. Like, they ask, can you turn these refineries back on? And we're like, wow, really don't understand our industry. You understand when these refineries go offline, they're not coming back. It's just not there. The, the expense, it's its not worth it. When, yeah, I mean, you've seen that firsthand, J-Doc, right? With, you know, PES, only a couple of the units of the 30 were destroyed in the fire. You couldn't get people to finance it um, because a lot of these uh, overly aggressive programs and, you know, EV mandates are the icing on the cake and in addition to RENs and everything else. You know, building what Aaron said, too, you know, when the Clean Air Act was written, they said, okay, California, you got a smog issue. So, you know, you can do things to address a smog issue. And if other states you want to do that, you can do California, or you could just follow the federal air quality guidelines, right? Um, it was not intended to say, 
well, let's just ban you know, the, the car that Americans drive every day, right? Uh, and I think as Aaron mentioned, uh, the key difference is with the California waiver, states don't have to opt in. States can opt in, but they don't. And the 17 states you mentioned represent about 30% of the market. Um, but with the federal standard, it requires you that 67% of all, so almost 70% of all new vehicles can only be electric uh, come 2032, as, as you noted, less than a decade. So you have the state standard, which applies to 17 states, which is a harmful signal enough. But now you're laying on top of it this federal standard where, you know, states don't even have the ability to say, no, I don't want to do that. It applies to, you know, the whole auto industry at large and every car that's sold in the country. It's a one-two punch and it's it's not good. So having said that, when we, when we, when we look at this and, and, and the, and the um, domino effect, you know, we've had uh, a not be a New Jersey car on the, on the program that we represent all the uh, auto dealers in New Jersey. And they're worried, obviously, um, we talk, they're, you know, Delaware, you know, and, 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 uh, and New Jersey are opted into this California rule. And so I was thinking, of course, they're worried that people will just go and, and, and other states and buy automobiles. It'll put them all out of business and that. But then I thought about it. You know, I, I, I'm going to take a shot at this. And, and, and eventually you won't be, you know, there won't be gas stations for people to fuel their car. I mean, it's a cluster of epidemic, I mean, of, of epic proportions. Um, so uh, on that, J-Doc, California actually decided to go one further after proposing to ban cars and they banned construction of new gas stations. So, you know, your hypothetical thought process is, is sadly became a, a nightmare in reality in some states. No question. They haven't spent any of the billions in this, this EV charging infrastructure act that was passed in the IRA to put in place these chargers that they're screaming from the rooftops about because they're not there. Exactly. And we have issues with the grid. And all. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it we talk about the um, twilight zone often, and this is a great, you know, they're, by the way, what's the purpose? Like what's, what is the purpose of, um, you know, this uh, EPA regulations, new standard, is it to, in a sense, reinforce the EV mandates, make them national, and, and, and just another way of a think tank to, to you know, to, to make sure that this thing goes down? I mean, the, the purpose is to, to outlaw the internal combustion engine. That, I mean, if you just take all of the, the spin out of it, these standards are here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to get gas out of cars and put people in expensive EVs. It takes our energy independence and shifts it from America and puts it on China. Well, that's yeah, you know, the entire, the, the, I mean, what auto industry we do have here that hasn't been obvious that, that, that Japan and, 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 you know, um, uh, other manufacturing, um, you know, countries have, you know, impacted the United States is now going to be at the end. I mean, literally we're given what we got left away. I mean, literally, there's so uh, that's why you said there's so many angles that went. So right now, the the the, the EPA standard obviously isn't it isn't uh, realized. Okay, it hasn't been finalized. Today, there's a big vote um, in Congress. Okay, uh, when do we expect this to be final? And 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 can 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 folks still express concern over it um, to the administration? No, absolutely. And 
we anticipate it by March of 2024. Uh, that's their plan timeline timeline for finalizing this. Uh, it, they're moving quick. Uh, this is they either get it done now as a because uh, it's a political loser for them and hope that you know, voters forget by November that they're not going to have the choice in which vehicle they can purchase anymore. Right. Or they, they stall it out and do it as a midnight rulemaking should uh, the president lose. Either way, it's bad. Uh, we anticipate by March 2024. And they and your listeners, I absolutely would encourage them to write, call your congressman, your senator, reach out to the administration and tell them the consumer choice should drive the market, not fiat by the government telling them what they can and can't drive and what works best for their family. And most importantly, to vote, to go out and demand your representatives tell you where they stand on taking away consumers' right to choose the car and trucks they drive and their families depend upon. Let them know that you're voting on this. This is an issue for you. You don't want to be told by the government what you can and cannot purchase. Uh, you know, it's even more amazing about that, especially when they have a large, and we're going to talk about a poll that the AFPM took on this issue, but we've talked about it many times. Um, and so many people have no idea. They, they're not only getting the choice taken away um, for the automobile that they drive, they're, they're getting this choice, the choice um, to, to, to have an opinion on it because so many people don't uh, understand it. I know the, the um, uh, auto manufacturers are always worried about the government and what they'll do to them next, but um, how come they have that, you know, they aren't standing up against this and screaming from the top of the highest mountain? I mean, were they even consulted in these standards? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. They, they, they reached out to the autos about these standards. And when they were first sitting at the table, the, uh, they assumed, yeah, let's talk about it at a 50% adoption by 2032. And then they smirked and they're like, that's not going to be possible. We're going to have to negotiate down to something achievable, you know, wink, wink. And then the White House announced the mandate would be 67%. And they, the, the manufacturers appeared shocked. They were like, this is not what we saw coming. And so much so they skipped the White House you know, Rose Garden announcement, and that which was canceled and turned into a press conference by you know EPA Administrator Regan, who just stood in front of the EPA and announced it. But honestly, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and they, they can either oppose this rule publicly and likely face significant political and regulatory blowback on all of their pending uh, uh, issues they have, and or they can work the system and hope to get a slightly better outcome. Either way, the the recent scaling back of the of manufacturer investment uh, in EVs is a, a, a pretty loud market signal. They, they don't think this plan is feasible. Like even the head of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, the, the main trade association for these manufacturers, said these rigs, these regulations are so restrictive, they're a de facto EV mandate. They can't be met by industry without increasing the cost of vehicles and then in turn reducing consumer choice, which disadvantages the entire American uh, workforce. Brandon, we got about a minute to the break. You want to uh, follow up on that? Yeah, no, I think Aaron hit the nail on the head, right? The autos are always worried. You know, every time they've stuck their head out and highlighted things publicly, you know, they'll get attacked from the really far left and, you know, certain elements of, um, you know, various government agencies that, you know, kind of have their own agenda sometimes irrespective of, of you know, who's, who's sitting at the White House. Uh, and, you know, they're a really heavy regulated industry. They have to make decisions on really long time horizons. Uh, so I think you, know, you saw that a handful of years ago uh, when California was first starting to uh, talk about banning cars. 
you had a handful of autos stand up and say, you know, no, we, we're going to challenge this. Uh, and, you know, they faced the wrath of California regulators when they did so. So unfortunately, um, you know, we think we'd love them to stand up and be louder, um, but, um, but unfortunately they're not. Um, it's just one of the reasons why we're talking about it. And as you know, JDoc, you know, auto dealers, parts manufacturers, right? There's even just to look at our sector outside of our sector, there's a lot of union jobs at stake, right? So not only are refineries heavily unionized, but the auto parts manufacturers, you know, those guys are all pretty well organized and in states like Pennsylvania, like Ohio, uh, those are the ones that face significant job losses as well. Because the parts guys will face the same thing. Their guys are going to be like, all right, well, if, you know, if people are going to say the cars that use our parts are going to be banned, um, why should we kind of keep investing in them, right? And uh, uh, as, as you always say, J-Doc, it's, it's my J-Doc bingo card. Uh, you want to talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? That's uh... Yeah, Krause always, he, 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 he uh, teases me about that, but it's it's so true. And there's never been a more true situation. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We're going to have more from the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dot and Krause in our discussion with Brendan Williams and Aaron Riggle on uh, what the, the Cars Act in just a minute. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern Atlantic State's Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union Community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Uh, we're in the middle of a conversation uh, with Brendan Williams, Head of Government Relations, PBF Energy, and Aaron Ringel, Vice President, Government Relations, AFPM. Okay, and we're talking about the CARS Act. We're talking about EV mandates. It seems like, um, you know, they're doing everything they can to surround this situation uh, to ensure that not only don't, uh, you know, people have the choice to choose what automobile um, they want to drive, but that they get what they want. And in spite of the overwhelming, I mean, it's not even evidence. It's a fact, um, you know, that we do not have the infrastructure to handle this. By the way, 
one of the things that really gets me is some of the most um, qualified people we talk about our environmental standards are those um, that you know, work in the, uh, the traditional energy uh, sector. And so uh, we're not only we're not only um, taking choice away from the people, but we're taking some of the most passionate and, and educated people and most resourceful industries and taking them out of the equation. And eventually um, these people, uh, you know, if they're really unlucky, they'll get what they want. OK. And, 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 and certainly we're here to make sure that the general public. OK. Uh, Advocacy United, our nonprofit, um, our board of directors. And, and by the way, um, you know, it, it, you know, we have individuals who are on our educa- energy education and awareness um, board right here, Brendan Williams, and of course, Jet Thompson uh, of the AFPM. And so, let's, gentlemen, let's continue this conversation. Uh, we're talking about the CARS Act, okay, which is getting voted on in Congress potentially today, okay. And so, um, by, it, 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 by the way, we're recording the show on on on. Uh, on Wednesday, the 6th of December. So by the time it airs, we'll have an answer. So we're, we're going to give everybody, uh, you know, information on when you can call and all that stuff. Having said that, okay, uh, two congressional black, uh, well, you know, uh, congressional black caucuses, obviously the black caucus and, 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 and two, uh, congressional Hispanic caucus members, um, uh, sent the administration a, a letter expressing concern that the EPA standard could make driving a luxury. Okay. Uh, and, and let me just repeat that two congressional black caucus members and two congressional Hispanic caucus members, uh, you know, talked about concern. Okay. Sent a letter that could make driving a luxury now, particularly because of, of the cost of, uh, electric vehicles in comparison and the lack of, of, of choice. Um, Aaron, if you will, walk our listeners through this letter. No, absolutely. Uh, and I, I want to note, these are four Democrat members of Congress representing predominantly minority communities. Uh, this letter really calls into focus the, 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 the impact that this is going to have on the left behind population in America that doesn't live on the East or West coast and can afford an EV or has access to EVs or charging infrastructure or the ability to even buy an EV. Uh, these are folks that are living at or below the federal poverty line and they're being left behind in this rulemaking. Uh, these members are, are pointing this out that, that less than 17% of low income Americans purchase a new car, let alone an EV and the market for used EVs, is just not there. Uh, it, it even used EVs are way more expensive than a new traditional internal combustion engine vehicle, or a, that's not even taken into account a used one. And even if they're used, they're not affordable or available with the least economic means. Uh, and if folks can't buy a new car, most are going to defer and continue driving their old models. Uh, these are cars that they rely on to th- that are instrumental for their families, for getting to work, for making money to support their families, uh, they're being left behind. There's no way that if you were to, to, to go into these communities and say, are you interested in a Tesla? They'd be, I, even if they were, they wouldn't spend the money on a Tesla because it can go towards their families, uh, let alone the infrastructure, the additional costs, even the availability. This doesn't take into account these individuals. And they'd say in this letter, this regulation doesn't take into account other methods that 
could be approached here, whether it's hybrid vehicles, battery electric hybrid, any of these uh, uh, options that would be positive for these communities aren't taken into consideration. So they're being left behind. And there's a safety issue here. Uh, generally, older vehicles have been found on the road to be less safe. And if you're not going to be able to get into a, a, a new internal combustion engine vehicle, or even a used one, or an EV, you're going to keep driving your car. And that's going to keep higher, uh, uh, lower fuel efficiency, higher miles on the road. And this is this regular regulation is leaving behind these families and imposing the cost on them for the uh, the individuals who can't afford the relatively affluent individuals who can't afford an EV right now. And they're well, going to the batteries, the batteries alone. OK, you know, the, the, the prices are just, you know, astronomical. OK, it's not just the car. I mean, mm-hmm. literally speaking, not, you know, and, and who knows what the what the used car, you know, EV used car standards are. Um, are, are there more members? I mean, why aren't there more members of Congress concerned about this? I mean, talk about that because it's- they're, they're the members. Of, and this is the, this is the issue. And it becomes partisan slightly. We hear a lot of comments, concern, letters behind the scene from Democrat members of Congress. But you're asking them to stand up against a sitting president shoving a mandate down on on their consumers and their constituents and it's not a, it's not a profiling courage we're not asking people to charge a trench here we're asking them to stand up for the people in their communities the workers that are making these vehicles the uh, uh the labor and tradesmen who are out there every day working to get gas into cars by making sure these plants operate uh we're asking them to stand up for them against this administration and that's a challenge for them and we get that but they're expressing to us that they they see that this is unworkable. They may support the tenets of reducing emissions. Who doesn't? We are working. Uh, our members are working overtime to reduce the current emission standards, and we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. We keep making advancements every day. And so do the auto manufacturers. But 230 members of, of Congress, both Senate and House, sent a letter recently advocating for the repeal of this uh, this this uh, 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 ban. We have Democrat members that stand up on the California waiver vote uh, not too long ago. We had eight Democrats cross the aisle, stand up and say, no, this is this doesn't work for my constituents, doesn't work for uh, the uh, those living in at or below poverty line, rural Americans, those without the means to buy an EV. They, they stood up and we're hoping for more today. Well, it's interesting because labor... Um, you, you know, obviously, we have a large portion of our workforce that works um, at the plants, at the at, at the uh, refineries, obviously manufacturing plants. Okay, so it's it, you know one of the things that we ha- we say. First of all, I've said this a million times on this program. Okay? <laughs> we typically, uh, you know, it's a, a, a support Democrat, and and, and uh, but Biden has been real good to unions, no question about it. Um, however, um, this is not a union issue. I'm, this is, I'm, you know, it, it shouldn't be a political issue. It's a human issue, okay? And you'll hear, uh, you'll hear from a lot of our labor people that labor supports those who support us, and a lot of that's issue based, okay? And this particular situation, um, you know, we, you know, we, uh, it, 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 it poses an issue in in, in labor, and uh, you know, but we have so many labor union leaders that are you know, in support of the CARS Act because they know the tidal wave and the lack of, uh, you know, uh, you know, 
thinking through the whole entire situation that this EV mandate and this EPA standard is setting us up for. So, uh, you know, it's 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 confusing when you think about it. So, I mean, luckily, we have obviously one branch of, uh, of, of, of Congress standing up against this. Um, yeah, I want to get, you know, to the bill the House of Representatives is considering um, in a second. But first, I understand the AFPM uh, just released the results of a poll of what consumers think about banning the traditional gas cars and, and mandating EVs. Uh, Aaron, can you walk me through that, you know, what the poll asked and, and what the results were? Well, we, we, we conducted a national poll, yeah, independent survey, no partisanship here. And we found that 60% of Americans, and these are general election voters, the people are showing up, oppose EPA's ban on new gas cars. And as you might expect, Republicans really don't want it, nearly 90%, but a key 61% of independents feel the same exact way. This is a mover for independents. Nobody wants to be told what they can or cannot buy, and they don't want choice taken away from them in their marketplace for what's best for the family. Roughly half of all voters said they are less likely to vote for a candidate who supports banning the sale of gas fuel cars by 2035. 50% is a moving number. When you get 50% in a poll saying that people are going to vote based on that, you pay attention. And that just goes to show that this is a very unpopular uh, regulation and ban that they're putting on American uh, consumers and voters. Yeah, you know, building on what Aaron said, you know, Jada, as we've talked about before, we've seen similar numbers in New Jersey and Delaware. Uh, and it goes back to something you highlight a lot, J-Doc, is that, you know, so many people just don't know about this, even elected officials. And in New Jersey, uh, when we started highlighting the implications of this issue, when you had all kinds of groups in New Jersey, you know, refiners, auto dealers, um, retailers, you know, restaurants, right? People from across the spectrum stand up. You know, you did get a bipartisan outcry. You know, unfortunately, Murphy, you know, on his own pushed through the standard, but there are a lot of Democrats that got elected that said, hey, I oppose this and this is something we're going to have to look at in the legislature. And a lot about it is is educating. Um, but a lot of it is also, you know, getting on the record and um, highlighting there's bipartisan support for policies, for more common sense policies. Uh, and that's what the CARS Act is is really about, which which Aaron could, could give you a pretty good summary of. Well, and, but before you I would say this. You said, you know, and what we always say in our energy education and awareness initiative. Hey, I'm a Democrat. I'm a labor Democrat, supported Democrats my whole life. But um, it's about common sense in energy here. OK, um, you know, we talk about choice, Aaron, uh, and, and, you know, people want the choice. I think it goes. That's obviously important. But but the education that you know, being educated allows people to make a choice. Okay, not just in buying the cars, but in in making the actual decision here. And that's such a big part of this. Okay, Um, it's a big issue, number one. But it's to me, it's not the most important issue. The fact that it's it's not humanly possible. It would you know, we're having great issues right now. Okay, Um, you know, you're talking about an astronomical, devastating situation if we were to shut down. you know, are, are uh, you know, especially in, in areas of um, of jobs, okay, of in, of industry, of energy, uh, like you know, how many things we? I mean, these things are so, there's so many issues of giving away uh, our our entire industry to uh, you know to China, okay, 
by the way, we we, we haven't, and we talked about, uh, that's why people should understand this just isn't about cars, okay? This is about so many things in our way of life, okay? Mm-hmm. We've talked about the slave labor in the, in the Congo in, in, in regards to the critical minerals to, to um, you know, for the batteries, for the EV batteries, you could go on forever here, okay? And so it's, 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 it's so important in so many different ways, okay? Um, let's, 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 let's talk about, um, you know, why we're not, you know, we talked a little bit about, about you know, why Democrats have been, uh, you know, obviously you got a sitting president, okay? Um, and, and, and so it's a, a very difficult situation uh, for some people, but they, you know, they got to stand up and, 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 and be heard on this issue. Um, we polled also in Pennsylvania. Am I right, Aaron? Could you give, right. give us a little bit um, of what the results were? Uh, we asked very similar questions in Pennsylvania uh, to the national, and it tracks with the national numbers. Nearly 60% of Pennsylvanians oppose EPA's ban. Uh, that's huge. And they are a lot less likely to vote for candidates who want to ban the sale of new cars. They're like they're doing in the state of California. And 58% of Pennsylvanians say they're less likely to vote for any candidate who's on the side of vehicle bans. This is this this national trend goes local. This is not just one area. We find this uh, across a lot of different subsets, and it it it's a mover. And once, and I think to your point very clearly, it's about educating them. And during the previous you know uh, uh, attempts to impose further bans, people saw a lot more about it. The administrations prior to this highlighted them a lot more. They talked about their clean power plants. And it brought a lot of attention to it. They're trying to do the same exact thing, but they're trying to sneak it through without consumers knowing what's actually going to happen. And it's it, it's it's awful awful for the American consumer. So, having said that, okay, obviously, uh, you know, we talk about you know the Cars Act, HR forty four sixty eight. House of Representatives is moving on it now. Okay, talk to our listeners about this bill. Elaborate on it, okay? One more time. What does it do? Why is it important? What is it? Okay, so in short, the Cars Act is going to keep American consumers and their families in the driver's seat on what vehicle works best for them. It's not going to tell EPA that they can't set tailpipe standards. Let's just disprove that all at once. Nobody's trying to say, just burn it and emit it and be out there. What we're saying is they can't choose one technology over the other. You have to have a broad mix and you can't say EVs have to be a a de facto mandate for everybody to drive. Uh, It's going to stop EPA from finalizing its proposal. That's going to force 70% of new car and truck sales to be electric in 10 years. And it's not going to interfere with their ability to set ambitious vehicle emission standards. It's going to clarify that EPA standards must be technology neutral me and the agency can't use standards to ban or limit access to any vehicle powertrain technologies. But what it will do was protect consumer choice. And that's the most important thing here is that allowing consumers to decide what's best for their families while still leaving the door open for EVs. We're not against EVs. We're pro consumers choosing what they want to drive. Yeah. Moving on what Aaron said, I mean, he really highlighted a key point. EPA can still set tailpipe standards. They can still even set aggressive tailpipe standards. And there's a lot of opportunities to reduce emissions that don't necessarily entail EVs. You know, people talk about energy transition. 
Uh, we'll look at what refiners are doing in the renewable diesel space, uh, right? You know, there's a lot of problems with the renewable fuel standard, but there's, you know, elements of it that are workable. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, refiners have done in response to it is invest in renewable diesel. It's you're using uh, soy oil, fats, oils, greases, restaurant grease uh, to basically make a product that's chemically indistinguishable from petroleum diesel uh, and can go into trucks. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper because uh, you get to use your existing vehicle. Uh, those things can greatly advance emissions. Uh, Toyota actually sent an infographic out to a lot of their dealers in response to some of these standards highlighting you could actually get more emissions reductions faster uh, by just having more hybrids uh, sooner on the road than in mandating electric vehicles. Because when you mandate electric vehicles, you get what the letter we mentioned earlier uh, entailed, right? It's, you know, people hold onto their cars uh, longer, you have higher emissions. And so that's the important part about the bill. The bill does not prevent EPA from setting standards. And as what we just went through highlighted, there's a lot of ways you can reduce emissions without mandating EVs. But it does say, you know, EPA can't, you know, basically misconstrue their authorities to create setting emission standards and turn it into a de facto vehicle ban, which is what the EPA rule does. So, gentlemen, um, uh, you know, we're coming to the end of the broadcast, and I want to I want to just touch on 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 something to our listeners. Okay, by the time this show airs, hopefully the Cars Act will will have passed. Okay, in the House. All right, to our listeners. Okay, you should see how your member of Congress voted. Thank them if they supported it. Uh, while expressing concern and disappointment if they voted against it and taking your choice away, okay? Uh, my understanding that there's also a Senate legislation uh, that Senator Manchin has, has, has uh, co-sponsored. Is that, is that correct? Yes, and Senator Crapo and Senator Manchin, uh, the two leads on this bill, bipartisan Senate companion to the CARS Act, S-3094 is the Senate bill number. And, you're, you're, and just to speak to your listeners, should absolutely reach out to your senators and encourage them to co-sponsor. This is critical for our our, our workers uh, to to get behind this effort. And if listeners right now want to stay up to date on this issue, or are others impacting the industry, they can sign up for our updates at uh, Empower EM Power at uh, empower.afpm.org. Uh, we have all all of the info, talking points, and the resources available to reach out to your members so that we can get this message out there that this is unworkable for American families and to keep consumer choice for automobiles. Aaron Rangel, Vice President, Government Relations, the AFPM, and Brendan Williams, Head of Government Relations, PBF Energy. I want to thank you both uh, for being on the broadcast and helping to educate our listeners on what the realities and the truths are in, in, in this situation, uh, because uh, it's so important for people to be educated and be a part of the decision process, as well as to have the choice to purchase the vehicle of your choice. Gentlemen, thanks for so thanks so much for being on the broadcast. Thanks, J Doc. You got yeah, it. Hey, J Doc, you gotta tell Krause uh, we have to have a uh, J Doc bingo special show because my you know my phrases are starting to, to mount up. I got throwing the baby out with the back bath water, shooting yourself in the oh, yeah. well, that's zone. I don't hold hard. So just we're ready, man. For people we, uh, that don't know, Brendan, do it over some soda pops and a recording. Gotta have a prize. Gotta have a prize. Absolutely. Over the holidays, and by the way, for you know our listeners, Brendan Williams is an integral part of the uh, Labor and Energy Show. Produces it every week. We wouldn't have a show without him. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, I get educated 
um, on these issues. And I, I really appreciate it because without being educated myself and being able to translate some of these complicated issues to the public, you know, I would be, you know, just like I was before we started the broadcast. So guys have a great holiday uh, season and, and, and uh, hopefully the, the cars act uh, is passed today. Uh, we'll have more from the labor and energy show in just a minute. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Fascinating conversation. Very, very educational, uh, J-Doc. Still confusing, uh, but a lot to know and a lot to learn about. Um, and something we need to watch. We need to continue to update, as you mentioned, the vote. We need to continue to keep our listening and our viewing audience updated. Absolutely, Joe. And again, thanks to Brendan Williams, head of government relations, PBF Energy, and Aaron Ringel, the vice president of government relations for the AFPM. And, and like we, like I said at the end of the last show, um, you know, by the, by the time this show airs, hopefully the CARS Act, it, it, and that's H.R. 4468, have passed in the house okay and 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 like i, I and i'm going to repeat it again uh to our listeners uh you, you, see how your member of congress voted thank them if they supported it and of course if they didn't support it that you should be expressing strong concern and disappointment okay uh, it's it's so important to make sure that our voices are heard joe americans deserve the opportunity to you know to choose uh, the type of car they, they they drive, but also to be involved in, you know, the decisions to drive the cars that we want to drive and obviously to maintain our environmental standards at the same time. Hey, we're all environmentalists when it comes down to it here on the Labor and Energy Show. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Don't forget you can download the podcast of this episode and all of our episodes of the Labor and Energy Show that air across the Jacob Media Network. Go to Apple or Spotify and just search 
The Labor and Energy Show. On behalf of my partner, Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.